0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the 24 Faithful Podcast. I'm your host, Bradley Adams. It's been a very long time since we've done one of these. Uh, May 2021, we finished our uh, season nine and overall 24 review wrap podcast episode. Um, And now we're back in considerably less happier circumstances. Um, Today is Sunday, the 10th of July. Two days ago, Friday, the 8th of July, we learned that Gregory Itzin, who played Charles Logan for, I don't actually know how many episodes, I think it was around about 60, um, in four seasons of the show, um, passed away due to complications from an emergency surgery. Um, Very, very sad news to get on Friday, and joined by Joel Wood, um, and we're just going to, we're going to kind of run through a, a few things around Greg and and the show, and his, his association with it, um, Joel, when did you find out on Friday? How did you find out?
1: Well, I found out on uh, on Twitter actually. I follow uh, John Kassar, um, who was an instrumental part in uh, in forty four and um, he tweeted it out on uh, on Friday
0: so for me it was um I, I was at a at a pub in London after work on Friday, and um, just looking through my Instagram feed uh, randomly, and uh, Alan Sepinwall, the um, quite famous TV critic, uh, formerly of the uh, New Jersey Star Ledger and HitFix and Up Rocks and now at Rolling Stone. Um tweet it put on his Instagram a picture of Logan. Um I think it was, would have been in the uh California retreat from season five, I think. And and never a great sign when Alan is posting pictures on Instagram of actors in shows that are not currently a thing. Um and yeah, thought obviously that um that he had died and, and yeah, a very sad moment. I mean, I think I've talked before about my long association with 24 um and my getting into it at almost certainly and and actually definitely uh too young an age but it means that um where are we july 2022 so i've been watching 24 for 17 and a half years and you know i'm I'm not yet 24 i'd like it's it's been two-thirds more than of my life um and it's in and charles logan and and It's been such a big part of that. Um, So yeah, pretty pretty devastating.
1: Charles Logan is, you know, I think I've said this before, but Logan is one of my favorite television villains of all time. Any show. Doesn't matter what show it is. And just to see where he started in season four, to see where he ended in season eight. The transformation is probably, other than other than Tony, he probably had the, the most drastic transformation of anybody on the show. It's why I had so much fun reviewing season five, because it's one of my favorite seasons of any show. Um, and a majority of that is because of how well Logan, um, how well Gregory Yateson played his role of Logan.
0: I mean, so I, I've just checked and it's 44 episodes that he was in, obviously starting in uh, season four. His first episode was 10 till 11pm in season four. He was the vice president then, of course. Um, John Keeler was president and was about to be shot down by Mitch Anderson. Um, and as his procedure in these kinds of situations, spoke to Logan and and told him the line, pick up the torch and move forward. If the worst happens, of course, Keeler didn't die, um, but he was incapacitated and Logan had to take over as president. And he kind of fumbles his way through the crisis with Habib Marwan and the crisis that Jack creates at the Chinese consulate with the help of ex-president David Palmer, shuns him from the White House, allows uh, Jack to be executed instead of handed over to the chinese when he should really be stopping it and then we come into season five and like you said it it is a complete transformation and we've talked before about it of course but i mean even in even in the early parts of season five when you think he's still just the good president um he's not evil he he's he's working in the best interest of the country Um, although of course he'll claim that he he's doing that even when we see him to be aligned with the likes of christopher henderson but um even in those early episodes you, you instantly get a feeling of 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 control and um you know it, it feels like he's in the 18 months that we don't see between seasons that he's he's grown into the presidency this is this is his his role now um he's accepted his job and and he's and actually quite good at it um or at the very least gives the gives the impression of being quite good at it you know the 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 opening line that he has in season five, I I, I love it the whole way through, but one of the, the opening line he says to Walt is my chair. And he's so, and it, it does feed into his personality a lot, of course, but the insistence on making sure that he's not looking, de- that, that he's not like looking up at Suvorov in the chair and, and references FDR um, and, and, and stuff in the past, just the way of the, the whole Russian treaty will be presented He's so in control of of all of this, um, and and it's in having it's remarkable because he embodies both so well that the meek scared, you know, this guy's not going to still be president in eighteen months' time, is he? Kind of personality that Logan has at the end of season four when he's first inaugurated is fantastic, and then you come to season five and you, and it and it's it's like a, a switch has been flipped, and yet throughout it's in is so so impressive
1: yeah you get it you get a sense in season five especially early on that um he cares a lot about his legacy and a lot about his image About the 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 line you mentioned about suvarov he doesn't want the president of the united states to appear inferior um when they sign the treaty that's kind of what you get in season four because he always in season four, he's always second guessing himself, even to the point of bringing in David Palmer. Um, because he's afraid of making the wrong decision, he's he's always second guessing himself because he doesn't want the to make the wrong decision, and then that reflects bad on on him. You don't really kind of. Realize that to its full extent until about midway through season five, um, when you start to get the idea that maybe he's not just an incompetent president, maybe there, maybe he knows exactly what he's doing, and he's just making it seem like he's an incompetent president. And I thought that that was one of the, the, the highlights of season five.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any point in season five, apart from, well, certainly not before the reveal, when once he's revealed as working with Henderson, trying to take down Jack and prove his his complicity in David Palmer's murder, the the wheels kind of fall off a little bit in terms of his handling of everything. And, And obviously a lot of the stuff that he's done nefariously has happened off screen and we've not seen the way that that's happened and, and the call to Henderson on the recording is a little bit panicked and a little bit out of control but the the transformation those 16 episodes obviously there are things that he can't control that was the same with Palmer it was the same with Keeler it was the same with Taylor it was the same with Wayne Palmer that all the presidents have obviously had things where things happen and it's out of their control and they've got to react to them but uh, you know there's always a determination and a sense of even if he he always it seemed like he was steering the ship well you know there's um he 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 was really direct with everything that he needed so like bill trying to give him protocols around david Palmer's death and he's like no no just give me results i want the person who did this dead or in custody by by the time superall gets here when the airport's being attacked and Mike is sort of saying we don't have time and he just goes we'll talk faster one of my favorite lines and, and <laughs> it it feels like having been so um you know un- under pressure in season four he he shrunk and passed off responsibility to David Palmer and said you deal with it and I'll take the credit and this time it's kind of I will I will make sure you know it's still delegating obviously as the president will do but 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 it felt like he was in control of the overall picture that he knew exactly how to handle everything and how to get you know he brought Jack Bauer in um, and recruited him to help despite that despite Jack's hesitance to do that it, it just felt like he had actually worked things out um, stuff with Hal Gardner yes you could say he got a little bit a uh, little bit led on there but I think he kind of went through that quite well and I and say so it's in throughout, it's fantastic. You know, there, there's a few things or a few scenes that I particularly um, pick out that I love. One of them is the episode with the ambush on the motorcade and his real range in that of, of the panic and the anger and all that around the fact that Martha's in the car and desperation and then the kind of, the, the poignancy and the melancholy and, and the, and the realisation that his wife's probably going to die and, and the scene praying with Mike is one of the great scenes of season 5 amid hundreds of options of varying um, types, you know, action emotional, all that kind of stuff, it, it's one of the absolute greatest because for all particularly when he first got introduced that we saw of Logan you know, the humanity side of him wasn't great we didn't really empathize with him too much season five corrects that a little bit and then to this point and and, at this point it becomes full-on you know whatever you thought of logan originally whatever you still think of him how can you not empathize with him at this point
1: remember i told you how he second-guessed himself through much of season four by season five he had gotten a lot more sure of himself there were still points where, you know, he would second guess and ask for help and things of that nature. But in season five, and it's like you said, it starts with the first line where he says, my chair. You know, he's, he's more into his role as president by season five. And then, of course, as we, as we learned throughout season five, he was essentially running the whole thing at least from the from the state side you start to see about midway through season 5 that he starts to he starts to keep a lot of secrets like he's not like what happened with Walt Cummings he if you remember correctly Walt was the one that wanted to essentially kill Jack Bauer at the end of season 4 David Palmer was like, you know, he's he's not going to try to stop it. He didn't say he was complicit in it, but he's not going to try to stop it. And then I'm guessing sometime between season four and season five, um, you know, especially when Palmer was talking to Martha, that he started to put the pieces of the puzzle together, which is why he was killed. At the time, I just thought it was... Basically, everybody that knew Jack was alive. I had no idea until I'll say about a third of the way through season five. I started to think that maybe this Logan guy is not <laughs> is not as innocent as he claims to be. Um, it probably started right around the time of the Moticade incident. Um, that's when I started to something wrong with this guy. You know, he's not he's not really as innocent as he claims to be because he had spent all this time, you know, stressing over this treaty that he's signing with Superoff. You know, now he's basically sending Superoff and his wife to their desk. So at that point, I kind of started to realized that, because up until that point, we hadn't really figured out who the main villain of season five was yet. I mean, there were several little B-part villains, but we hadn't really figured out who the main villain was yet. Um, Right around that time is when I started to wonder, you know, is is this Logan guy really as innocent as he claims to be? And that just speaks to the the acting of, of Gregory Ittson, because he had so much range. Um, he could show himself being incompetent. He could show himself being very competent. He could show himself being very controlling. He could also could show himself being very submissive. So it's, it's, he had so much range as, as president. You know, I still say David Palmer was the best president in 24. You know, I'll still I'll still say that you know till I can't say it anymore. but Logan was hands down the best villain in 2020.
0: Mm. Um, I'm just going to change tack a little bit uh, quickly. I, I'm conscious of this not being just a kind of plot thing and I do want to obviously talk a lot about about Greg as a person and, and his performances but um, just to kind of break from the the show performances itself, back in November um, a guy called Ryan T Richardson who uh, he had been running for about a year, this podcast, the 20 years of 24 podcast. And I, I think he started it just as a podcast. And then a few episodes into it kind of came to the realization with the help of John Cassar um, who kind of seems to be like the, the Godfather of everything 24 cast and crew um, seems to kind of be, be the main man for everyone. um. He he basically came up with this idea for a virtual convention for 24 for for, for cast for crew for people like um, authors of the 24 deadline series and 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 those kind of novels you know and and this happened on the 20th anniversary back in November November sixth 2021 and it had it had so many people on it I, I sat in and listened to the whole thing um, I know I think you were interested but you you couldn't do it. Um, but Greg was one of the people that, or one of the many people that joined it. Um, the the format of the the convention was basically, as you get it, like San Diego Comic Con or anything like that. It was it was broken down into different panels that were um, featuring different people for different reasons. So there was a there was a an episode on or a session on day one. There was a session on CTU. There was a session on Nemesis. There was a session on the Oval Office. There was a session on um, the authors. Just to kind of, obviously, you don't want 100 people all at once. And it made it quite easy for them to then focus on a few specific things. So with with CTU, you can talk about the location and, and everything. Day one, you can talk about how it started. And Stephen Hopkins talked fantastically about the set design, uh, the style that he created. But um, but Greg was scheduled, I, I can't remember whether he was scheduled to be in the... Um, the Nemesis session or the Oval Office session, of obviously being around the presidency and, and government. Um, the, the Nemesis session was session seven and, and the Oval Office was session nine. I can't remember which one it was that he was meant to be in. But he, he joined in session three, which was CTU. And this was, you know, th- these were hour long panels. Um, so, th- so it's sort of four hours before he needs to be on at minimum. And he's joined... And he's, he's doing the CTU session with, you know, Louis Lombardi and Carlos Bernard and Mary Lynn and Kim Raver and all of these people. And he, he just stayed. He just stayed for the whole day. There was, there was a session with Kiefer where Leslie Hope and Alicia Cuthbert came in as a surprise, but that was just about Jack and, and, and the Bowers and, and the room was cleared for, for that um and and greg wasn't in that hour but every other panel he was in he he would he would sit there and he had this massive grin on his face the whole time you know he sat he sat lent into the towards the camera with his his face on his palms like intently listening and you could see the joy he had, you know listening to these guys talk about their stories on 24 getting to share his own experiences I, I, i think just enjoying the fact that we were all sat there in the zoom chat and 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 loving it you know um so i've got a couple of clips from this the first one is from the oval office one um i'm just gonna play you've heard a little bit of this but you're hearing most of this blind um we can just talk about sort of what this says about him um but this is in response to a question about sort of how you gear yourself up to be president of the united states
1: i i just believed that i was the president i mean before I do a take, I said, you're the fucking president of the United States. <laughs> Everybody has got to pay, pay attention, and uh, then I'd walk on the set and do it. That's about it. Beautiful. I mean, you know, really <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean that is just I. I remember finding that so hilarious at the time, and
1: it's so good, isn't it? You can you can tell even even just in that clip, you can tell how much fun he had on 24 like you can tell how much he enjoyed the experience on 24 I mean just even even in that clip it just says so much about him because you know he had he was so even in that even in that clip he was so full of life like you could you could tell how much love and respect he had for the show and what it did for him because that show, that show essentially, essentially made him. I mean, he had been in some other stuff, but you know, when people think of Gregory Edson, most people think of Charles Logan.
0: There was a great line actually that Carlo Rota said. I, I watched back. I've I've not watched back all of the panels. I watched back. There was a highlights video earlier, um, and Carlo Rota, who played Morris, of course, uh, at one point just said, uh, "I just want to say thank you to John Cassar for making my career." and all of ours basically and you know there are so many people in this show that are like you say known for their role on 24 and and you know that's that's incredible and I say Greg had such an impact on it that that yeah it's hard and and to his to his point you know you're gonna play the president of the United States is there a better role to play as an as an American I would say you know that that's I presume there's a lot of well, there will be a lot of Americans that kind of grow up and think, oh, I know that's kind of a thing, isn't it? It's like, oh, one day they could grow up to be the president. That would be kind of your your highest um, highest grade compliment you could get in school, and
1: you get to live that as an actor. I mean, th- I mean, think about it. We had a black president on 24 years before we had a black president in the United States. When people think of the president of the United States. Then yeah, Barack Obama was the first black president of the United States, but we saw what that would be like years before. In 24, there is no higher honor. I mean, even Kiefer played the <laughs> played the president of the United States in a in a TV show. So I mean, you could tell how how much 24 did for people. I mean, people even to this day, in 2022. Are still asking Kiefer when he's going to do 24 again, or or is he going to do it again? And that that speaks to the overall longevity of the show and the overall impact of the show. Um, I mean, of course, you know it has its it had its bad seasons, but I can't think of too many shows that lasted as long as 24 did that didn't have at least one or two bad seasons in there somewhere. But Gregory could take solace in knowing that the most highly acclaimed season of 24 was with him as the President of the United States. And a lot of what made season five so great was the acting and the character of Charles Logan. Season five, of course, was
0: the year that uh 24 won the outstanding drama series emmy um kiefer i think did kiefer win i can't remember um i should know that uh but but greg was nominated for outstanding supporting actor um he didn't win i biased obviously but he definitely should have done um even without having the list of nominations in front of me i'm confident in saying that um but yeah you know he he was he was so Instrumental in in that season being what it was, um, and and to your point actually, and, and this is where I'm going to bring in the second clip. Uh, to your point about people asking Kiefer about doing more 24, so this is a question. This was on the Nemesis panel, and it's got um, Adoni Maropus and C Mar and Greg Ellis, um Nick Jameson, and inexplicably Sean Callery, um who was who was a, who was a, who was a lot of fun actually describing. Um, music and of course you know my my uh my love of the music and my sort of almost sonar nerd level uh, obsession with the music uh sort of overjoyed me we've, we've
1: we've we've established your obsession with the music in 24 yeah
0: yeah so that was uh <laughs> that was a thrill for me but um Greg of course was in this um as as like you say the, the the best and most famous villain of the show um but this was a question about being recognized and and we all know that this happens and 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 fans will see th- their favorite actors on the show and go, you know, walk up to Keith and say, Jack Bauer and things like that. But this is, um, this is Greg on his, his favorite experience of a thing like that.
1: I used to go golfing with Dennis Haysbert, <laughs> And you know, he's, he's pretty visible coming at you. And uh, people go, Oh my God. You And then I'd show up after the go, Oh my God. Oh my God. What are you doing with him? And, uh, I didn't take it personally, but it was uh, very telling, very telling. <laughs> yeah. the, couldn't separate the the real from the, the no, no the good yeah the good president and the other president. The other president. The good
0: president and the other president.
1: That just that just speaks to the kind of person that uh Craig Reed is. He's uh he's not just you know, people people think that because, you know, he played this uh, dastardly president in season five, but, you know, he's got a pretty good sense of humor. He's, um, he's always somebody that, even in season six and season eight, even though the, the storylines weren't that good, I still would never turn down a chance to, see Charles Logan on my screen. Even the brief time he was in season six, which again shows the, the range, because the character that he was in season six was completely different than the one you saw in season four and five. So it, it speaks to the range that he had. And the reason that they always, really the reason that they always brought him back is because they knew that no matter what they gave him, he would deliver.
2: Hey, 24 Faithful, this is Josh, and I am sorry I wasn't able to record with Bradley and Joel to be able to have this uh, memorial commemoration of Gregory, and so I just wanted to record a quick uh, little clip here to uh, be able to say a few thoughts that I had, and I didn't honestly uh, 24 is the show that I know him from most and I don't know if that's true for everyone or not Um, I would assume that Bradley probably knows everything he seems to be aware of like almost everyone in their roles and things like that but um, that was the role that I knew him most was Charles Logan and as I was looking through some of his other accomplishments, having so many different roles in different TV shows and movies and things like that, I didn't even realize. And I mean, part of it what makes me want to go and watch those, so I can be able to see him in all of those different roles as well, because he did a really, really good job playing the role of Charles Logan, and in the uh, show, 24, President Logan is and always has been one of those characters that you love to hate, and so in season four, didn't necessarily have that as he was first on there, and, and so, I mean, there, was, there wasn't there was that expectation necessarily at the beginning, but by the very end of that season, where there was that conflict between uh, him and jack where charles was giving but not giving the order to have him killed then uh that's where you start kind of having that hate relationship with him but going through season five you start to have that that feeling of you you love to hate the character and by the end it's like you really don't like President Charles Logan and all that because of everything that he did, the things that he did against Jack, um, but just in general, the things that he did. And so when he came back in season six, it it had those feelings of no, really, you're gonna bring that character, but it added so much to the story, to the um, just be able to drive things along and uh, did so well with that. And then as well in season eight, um, kind of have that same feeling of, you don't like the character per se, or you hate the character, but you love the character. Um, I, I, do think that the way that it ended for him was not the best and they could have done a better way of, um, killing the character off as opposed to the way they did it he did a fantastic job with that character and some of the things I was looking at here just recently um, Gregory had some comments uh, regarding Logan's character the character of Logan Um, and so it says here that he played him two different ways and so when they were filming he would do two different ways of of how to portray the character um, it says here, this is a quote from him. It says, I gave them choices from semi-staunch leader of men to abject coward. And so kind of playing both roles, like the the very strong, affirmative, whatever, leader that's um, like ultra confident to the one that is kind of bobbling around and not very um. I mean, basically it says here abject coward. So, so he was, he gave them both of those. And obviously we can see in the show, uh, we can see that they picked the abject coward ones. And so it says that he knew that which way they were going. And so he was able to play off of that and continue that going. Um, it says here that he also described the character of Logan as a change of pace since the show had always featured president featured presidents that you could trust count on. And they would always back Jack Bauer. Um, which obviously prior to Season 4, the only president really was David Palmer in Seasons 1 through 3, and then you get a little bit of a different president in uh, Season 4, but there's not a whole lot of interaction between him and Jack in that regard, but but yeah, just overall, you do see where the president and generally the higher-up leaders as far as that, Generally support um, Jack Bauer, um, not necessarily his methods, but um, overall they have that uh, respect and all that kind of stuff for Jack. And that wasn't really shown by uh, President Logan in all of that. There was parts of that, as we see in season number five, where there was a a portion of that season where. Logan was outwardly trying to show that he was supporting Jack, but obviously we see that that was all a front. It was uh, not um, not actually what President Logan was trying to do. It was just a, a front to be able to kind of keep things going. Uh, back to Greg, very um, great actor in being able to portray a character that has a lot of complex parts to him, and so there's all the personal uh, pieces there, uh, the conflicts with his wife, there's all the different complex things with him um, rising to power, uh, basically, and so the struggle that he went through in season four as he um, was assuming the presidency and getting the help from Palmer and the struggles that were going on there, and it is a, a very unique spin that they did after season five with the um kind of like the repentance angle and trying to redeem the things that he had done wrong in season five trying to redeem those in season six and um just kind of the way that uh he he has that there but there's still always a an element of him trying to look out for himself and try to set up himself to look like the hero and the one in charge and the one that has controls and all different things like that and so um but but anyway he does a really really good job of being able to portray the character in such a great way and being able to uh really bring that character to life in such a way like i mentioned earlier that it's a character that we love to hate we don't we we don't like the character in the fact that it's a bad guy and going against Jack, but we love him in the fact that it is like a perfect complement um to Jack Bauer's character as well. And so it it fits um and allows Jack Bauer to be able to shine more, which I guess is a uh, a good aspect of a supporting character. Um and so I uh, just wanted to share some of those thoughts. I'm sure uh, Bradley and Joel have a lot of deep insights to be able to share as well. And so uh, thank you very much for uh, listening to this show and sharing this uh, moment of uh, being able to have some remembrance for Gregory.
0: that was very much a kind of love-hate relationship among 24 fans with, with Logan, I think. You know, it, it is, he is almost the quintessential love-to-hate character that he, for so much of the show, and, and when you think about it, you know, all those season four episodes, the, the back end of season five, and, well, everything in season eight, um, he's an eminently hateable character for the actions that he, ha- he he makes, the decisions he makes, the way he impacts on the characters that we love, like Jack, and, yeah. And, and, and yet like you say when he's in it we all want to watch it and we all want to enjoy it and we we do enjoy it whether he's being slimy and evil like he is in particularly season eight or whether he's like i said the meek version of him in season four or that kind of um adopted by religion almost neutered version of him in season six where he seems to have found some peace and tranquility and seems to have Learned from his mistakes, I guess. Accepted his mistakes, and 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 is striving to be considerably better than the man he was that got him to to being under house arrest. And you know, I don't like so much of season six, and I don't like a lot of season eight. And and yet, Logan, for as for as much as his reintroduction out of nowhere in season six is one of the weaker elements of that season. Actually, having Greg on screen again kind of elevates things you know we we've spent a lot of time with uh with Jack's dad and his sister-in-law and you know some of the stuff at CTU and and the performances in season 6 across the board are not great by and large there's there's a few exceptions but 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 having Greg back in is a kind of comfort um and you know brief though it was it's it's lovely to see him in it
1: when you look at how great Season five was, it's almost, well, it is disappointing um, that they followed it up so poorly with season six. But when you look at the totality of it, when you look at Gregory's reintroduction in season eight, and then you look at him in season six, and you know he seems to be a changed man, you know, accepted his mistakes. And then you see the way he is in season eight, and it starts to make you wonder: Was that just a a front that he was putting on in season six to kind of convince them to let him out or to give him a pardon? Or, you know, did he did he seem remorseful and contrite, you know, in order to once again become a free man? And when you see the way he's reintroduced in season eight, because remember from the time that, you know, he got loaded up in that ambulance in season six, we didn't see him until he came back in season eight. So it kind of makes you wonder, and it speaks to his, to his acting chops, that it kind of makes you wonder, was all of that in season six just a ploy, you know, for, for him to become a free man again?
0: You believe it. You believe it when it happens. I, to, to this day, I can watch that. And, and knowing what's coming, I, I can still feel convinced that, that Logan has changed. He, he's, he's on the right, better path. And is trying to be, you know, he knows that he'll never get redemption. He knows that um, those in the country that know of what he did will ever forgive him. And Jack included. Um, but I think, you know, Jack, Nina accepted, is generally a pretty good judge of character. And yeah, I I think he, I think he recognizes that too.
1: You can tell from the moment that Jack picked up the phone and he heard Logan's voice on the other end of it. It's like, no matter how far I get away from this guy, I still have to ask for his help. And even though I knew everything that he had done in season five, I knew that he was a bad person, but Throughout season six, I kind of felt sorry for him um, because it seemed that he had learned from his mistakes, but nobody was willing to forgive him. And then, you know, when uh, when Martha stabbed him in the in the shoulder, you know, it, I kind of felt sorry for him, even though I knew everything that he had done, and. I was still skeptical as to whether he was serious. I still felt sorry for him because of the way that he portrayed that character in season six. It still, it still evoked emotion from me to the point to where I felt, I legitimately felt sorry for the character.
0: It's not like Nina who was orchestrating terrorist attacks from a prison cell in season two and back to, you know trying to buy biological weapons on the open market in season three and and, and all of that stuff you know it felt for a bit like relocum was trying to be better
1: every t- every time nina opened her mouth you could just tell that she had this sinister this sinister moat like anytime anytime nina's spoke you found it hard to feel sorry for her because she always had this sinister tone behind her voice um Logan had this ability to make you, to talk in a way that would make you feel sorry for him. It was one of the soft
0: I think, well, thinking about it, it was definitely the softest sort of voice that Greg ever used on the show but, you know, the exceptions perhaps being that that, that, that moment with Mike sort of some of the more um, tender moments with Martha, Martha perhaps, you know, I, I've spoken before that scene of when he's about to kill himself and and that he has with with gene smart and gene smart and that is phenomenal and so it's so it's here just the the facial reactions i I watched it on the train on on my home friday night after after learning of his death that you know he conveys the the sense of despair and, and all is gone and and he's obviously agreed with graham at this point that that he is going to end his own life to spare everyone else um but the, he 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 goes into that room seeking some penance and 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 really wanting to try and make things right as best he can in those final moments and and he's he's ice cold shut out and the horror the emptiness that you see behind his eyes you know two minutes before he's about to shoot himself in the head is is remarkable and and you know the the last sort of faction of of range that we see from him comes in season eight uh his his utter fear i think is probably the best way to describe it you know some of the stuff with with president taylor manipulating her into ignoring the russians involvement and going ahead with the treaty and and and, i mean ultimately he destroys her presidency but when jack is after him we've obviously seen him a little bit scared at the end of season five when jack gets him but it's got nothing on the way he he just loses all his confidence, he he just he he can't handle it and, and absolutely panics when Jack is going to kidnap him, assaults the motorcade and yet what's so amazing about it is the fact that he can do all of that he can have that, that panic look, begging for his life and yet still Reasonably convincingly, and certainly for the audience. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I was I was convinced at the time, and 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 again, watching it back, you still are that that he's he's being honest about novakovich as as being the kind of the head honcho in the, all this. We don't know about Suvorov at this point. I don't think so. We've aside from his history, we don't think he, there's any reason for him to think that he's lying about it at this point. We we don't we don't know for a fact anything different. Um. And yet to, to to have that begging panic almost... I think he probably does shed a few tears in, in, in fear to still be able to lie to Jack in that scenario and, and, and make it believable is... <laughs> I mean, fair play to Greg itson because that, that's incredible.
1: And again, it speaks to how invested he was in his character. Because, I mean, it's no... It's no small task, playing the president of the United States. And the fact that he was able to put everything that he had into that character and not only get you to hate him like he did for a good half of season five, but then to turn that around and make those same people that hate him feel sorry for him in season six. And then have those same people go back to hating him in season eight. Not many people can do that. Gregory Edson had a, a knack for drawing emotion out of, out of the audience. Whether it be feeling sorry for him when the motorcade was about to get hit, or whether it was hating him as much as we did when he had that vendetta out against Jack in season 5 when it was finally revealed that you know he was pretty much behind the days events the feeling sorry for him when martha drove that knife into his shoulder and then and then he tries to kill himself again in season 8 and fails you you start to see that logan's way out you know when the, when the heat when the heat is on You know, Logan's answer is to just, you know, kill himself. And the fact that he fails twice at it um, is another layer to that character. And it's one that I'll incredibly, like, I had hoped, even even though, you know, as, as the years go on, you know, I get less and less optimistic of another 24. I always disliked the way that they took the Logan character out because he was such a good character. He was probably one of the top three or four characters of the entire series, um, in my opinion. I thought I thought that he deserved a lot better than the exit that he got. Yeah, it,
0: it, yeah it's hard to argue with that. And certainly, I said it on Friday in the email thread to, to you that I think he's, pro- well, I, I would say certainly that he is within the top three performers of the show. Um, I think it's Sutherland, Hayes, and him, and, you know, there are some fantastic performances in the show. And, and we've obviously talked at length about them before, but, but, but Greg, the, so we, like we said, the range that he has, the, the, the way he carries himself, particularly in season five to make one of the great TV seasons, what it was, uh, it's, it's just phenomenal. Um, I want to read out what, uh, what John Cassar tweeted. Um, that was the announcement on uh, on Friday. Um, he tweeted a lovely picture, and, and, and this kind of sums it up as well. You know, John in this picture is uh, almost startled by the camera, I think. He's just, he's just kind of staring it down. Um, but Greg's there with his, his massive smile. Um, so John Cassar's tweet, My friend Greg Itzin passed away today. He was one of the most talented actors I had the honour to work with. But more than that, he was an all-round great guy he will be missed by his 24 family who had nothing but love and respect for him. You made your mark now rest in peace friends. And I think certainly the, uh, the all around great guy element, the what I've talked about from the 20 years of 24 uh, event and, and certainly things that we will have seen on social media in the last couple of days kind of suggest that what you saw was what you got with him, that he was just that, that lovely upbeat positive guy and, and just, particularly around 24 just just loved his co-stars loved the fans liking and hating him and and just loved everything about it
1: i mean you could tell like you said you know him being in that that 24 panel pretty much the whole day you could you could tell that that speaks to his not only his love for the show but his fondness for the show and his fondness that people st- still remember him from the show. Um, what What year was season five?
0: 2006. Filmed obviously late 2005, but yeah, aired in 2006.
1: So basically it's almost 20 years and people still remember his performance in season five. And I think, I don't think he quite understood the impact he had he always loved the show and he always loved interacting with the fans and i think it just i think he just got a kick out of you know people still remembering him you know 16 17 years later and i think i think that that is why that is why he was so willing to stay there as long as he did
0: i feel like that's kind of something we could all aspire to isn't it you know you, you you try and do things in life and you try and make an impact on people and in, you know, your work life or your personal life and and, and try and make people see the best out of you and, and, and your skills and, and things like that. And and to see Greg, I mean, say it, it, it was a novelty almost at the at watch sat there watching it. He joined, I say, a couple of hours, well, a few hours earlier than he was scheduled to do so. And it was kind of like, a, well, what are you? You know, what's Greg doing here? Why he doesn't need <laughs> to be here yet. Why? Why is he here so early? And then the longer he kind of sat there, the more I just thought he's just gonna—is he? Ever, he's not gonna leave, is he? Not in a, not in a kind of. Oh, can he please? Can we get rid of him? You know, why is he here? But like, a, he's just—he just isn't gonna leave here, is he? He just wants to sit here. And I think, I think the the, uh, the panel montages were quite good in occasionally bringing him in even in topics that were completely irrelevant to him, you know, the author's panel or 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 CTU to an extent because he was there once in season six post being president and, and still bring him in asking questions about, you know, maybe his interactions with his co-stars in, on, on that panel or, you know, Logan's involvement loosely in in, in whatever it was that they were talking about. And, and, and yeah, I say it was kind of a novelty at the time. You think, has he not got anything better to do?
2: <laughs> and, and you know
0: maybe he didn't but I, I guess his response to that would be well where else am I going to be you know I can see all my he might not have seen these people for for a decade or longer you know um and and getting to like we said you know having made that impact really seeing kind of the love that people gave him both his his friends and colleagues and 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 us as fans um I really hope. That he did kind of appreciate just how beloved he was by by everyone. It seems.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think he understood exactly the kind of impact that he had, but I hope he at least I hope that that panel last year was kind of a good um, closure to that chapter. I hope that he got the the closure because it it turns out I think that was his last public. Parents, to my knowledge
0: i i, I can't say for, with any certainty but but you know 24 wise there's not a, a massive amount of um big events and things like that is it so certainly within the 24 world that is
1: yeah so i i hope that that was a good closure to that chapter i hope that he got the closure that that he needed to that chapter and i hope that he realized especially during that panel I hope that he, that he got some realization of just how beloved and how much of an impact he had on the show as a whole. You said he was in 44 episodes. Felt like more. <laughs> that probably, if I'm not mistaken, that probably puts him fourth on the list.
0: 13 people who appeared in more episodes than him. Um, Cherry Jones was in the same number of episodes as, as Greg. Um, but you've got obviously Kiefer, Mary Lynn, Carlos, Dennis Haysbert, uh, Alicia Cuthbert, James Morrison, Rico Islesworth, uh Jude Cicolella, uh, Kim Raver, Glenn Moore shower, D.B. Woodside, Roger Cross, and Penny Johnson Gerald who appeared in more.
1: And that and that and that doesn't even, and that doesn't even seem like she appeared in that many because she was gone by like season three.
0: Yeah, but you know, there's a lot of this, like like obviously Cherry Jones was only in the last two seasons. Um logan's longevity over well i guess sort of five six years um of of real world time but but there are characters who appeared there that fantastic though they were you know didn't have anywhere near as the impact that, that logan had i I you know i love mike novick so much and, and and aaron as well and, and we all he's one of the most fan favorite characters the, the show ever had but sort of that was kind of a not a cult level that's not right the right word is it but but it was kind of a Almost a background role for a lot of it. That he was just enjoyable to have on screen for for a minute, and then he'd be gone for a few episodes, and then he'd come back, and we'd all be all be lo- really happy to see him. Logan played such an instrumental role in shaping the narrative of the the second half of the show from season from the end of season four onwards. That yeah, it's it's hard to sort of overstate his impact in what was barely a quarter of the episodes that the show did.
1: I'm not sure that 24 goes, you know, as many seasons as it did without the success of season five.
0: And Season five, is not it's not as successful if Logan's not there.
1: I don't think anybody else could have played that role as well as he did. Because, I mean, they, they tried the, you know, they tried the villain president, you know, with, uh, with Sherry Jones, you know, in season eight. It didn't really go over well. They tried it at various points, like in season six when, when Wayne Palmer went down. But nobody was able to replicate the success that Logan had. They tried, but nobody was really able to replicate the success that Logan had in that role.
0: And it should be noted as well, since you mentioned it there, that uh, obviously Powers Booth died a few years ago. Um, so that's a couple of sort of, power, you know, that, that was not a, a great... Arc and not a great character but um you know Noah Daniels for all his faults you could never knock Powers Boots acting and yeah two of the two of the greatest to hold that office in terms of of performance um even if the presidencies themselves were uh, were mixed at times um just as we kind of wrap up I just you know I'd love to know your favorite your favorite Greg scene moment line from the show I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit there, but
1: <laughs> I have I have two. The scene where where Jack finally catches Logan, and he takes him to this hangar, and he's going to record a confession, but Logan is not, you know, confessing, and he's basically talking down to Jack, you know, like it's okay, it's okay, you know, they're 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 here. You know the the whole the whole acting in that scene was masterful. The way the way that Logan took you on a ride and then brought you back down um, to the point to where you thought Jack was gonna get gonna get a confession, um, and he didn't. And you know that was that was one of my favorite scenes overall of season five. And then of course the last scene. The one with uh, with Martha, where Martha gets him recorded, basically basically making a confession, and then you start to and then you start to realize that Jack never really intended to get that confession at all in that hangar. Um, Jack knew he wasn't going to get Logan to confess, so when you see it all come full circle and gregory instance acting in that scene was just it was it was so good i mean of course he he did good in season six but those two seasons in season five i just thought personified the, local, the character
0: it's great that the um the, the 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 flipping there of um the 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 controlled rage that he has with martha when she has the the meltdown at the at the airfield and and Slaps her and, and empties her bag and, and threatens to pump her full of drugs, and that she won't so full of drugs that she won't remember her own name. And then a few minutes later, when he gets his comeuppance, and, and Gene Smart, Gene Smart, who is so good in that role, kind of gives him this such a smug look. And you've got Mike there giving him kind of half a smug look. Or, smug maybe not be the right word for Mike because he's obviously furious that his his great friend David Palmer has died as a result of this man. But very much, uh, you you deserve this kind of look. And and the the look of horror of of betrayal, inexplicable look of betrayal that that Greg has as Logan as he gets paraded away by the Secret Service is uh, is remarkable. I have two as well uh, that I'll throw in. One of them I've already mentioned quite a few times today. The uh, the well the whole episode really, but particularly the the scene where he invites Mike to pray with him that Martha will somehow survive the ambush on the motorcade. The vulnerability to these shows that, you know, we we've been led into his personal life with his wife in this season. And to see him at this point so low and so desperate um as Mike tries to contend that this is a personal moment and he shouldn't be there. But actually Mike Logan just needs someone, a friend there to support him and and, and pray that everything will be alright. And 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 it is, briefly, of course, for for reasons that aren't particularly useful to him with the nerve gas situation, but he gets what he needs in, in Martha surviving, uh, which is obviously lovely for him. And the other one that I, that I do want to pick up, a little bit underrated, I'd say, but, you know, Hella talks in season five about being terrified when Logan took the oath when Jack plays the recording for him. And I go back to the inauguration scene in, in season four, and, and actually that whole process, of him being quite hesitant with with Keela, you know it'll be fine. Let's not talk about these. We don't want to talk in these kind of words. And then Mike suggesting getting preparations made in case he has to be sworn in, and and not wanting to be too ahead of things, and and, and you know let's wait until let's find what, see what happens to Keela first. And then almost the kind of disbelief when Mike says that he's already done most of it anyway. There's a, there's a good conversation between Walt and Mike about how Mike doesn't think he's ready. He's quite wor- worried about him. And obviously learning about the, the theft of the nuclear football and the fear in his eyes and on his face while he's standing there in front of a few group of reporters, but essentially the entire world watching. And he has to, you know, put on that stony face and not reveal that something horrendous has happened. But the whole time there, he, he just looks like a rabbit in headlights and you think there's no way this guy's going to, do anything as president and of course season four he wouldn't without the help of, of david palmer but i think the what we've seen of presidents to that point you know we've seen we've seen hayesbert as as palmer and we've seen we've seen john keeler and they've both it, it felt like they've both been made of quite stern stuff you have to be to have that kind of role and this is an entirely different guy this is a guy that i think i said at the time how has how has he ended up being vice president you know he's he's he seems feeble he seems so unsure of himself and i and i think the way that that it's in portrays that in that moment of of what should ultimately be the 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 biggest triumph of his entire life you get to hold the most powerful office in the world albeit under horrible circumstances and, and 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 all that but you're, you're put in that position, you know, surely you've been dreaming of this, certainly for, for 15, 20 years as, as a senator or, or, or being involved in politics or whatever it is. And, and to get to this moment and seem so unprepared and so scared of having that, that dream job, it's, it, it's just a wonderful, wonderful moment, I
1: think. it just speaks to his commitment to the character. Um, you, look at, you look at the way he was in season four, you look at the way he was in season five, season six and season eight, four different seasons, four different characters. And I think that that speaks to his overall, to his overall range and impact on the character that you can can be in four different seasons and basically portray four different characters, four different versions of the same character. And I think that that just, there will never be another like. I'm
0: going to read out the uh the obituary that the Hollywood Reporter ran with on Friday, uh, or at least or at least sections of it. um Gregory Itzin, a prolific character actor best known for playing the oily President Charles Logan on Fox's 24, has died. Itzin earned two Emmy nominations in 2006 and 2010 for playing Logan on the Fox thriller. At first, a seemingly spineless vice president, the character grew to become one of the longest-running antagonists for counterterrorism agent Jack Bauer. Born in Washington, D.C. and raised in Wisconsin, Itzin studied acting at the American Conservatory Theatre in San Francisco. He booked his first uncredited on-screen role in the 1979 miniseries Backstairs at the White House. He, uh, he started where he, uh, where he made his most famous role and had a brief role as religious zealot number one in 1980s Airplane, offering Julie Haggerty's flight attendant a flower as she makes her way through the airport. That's an incredible start to your career. Itzen's extensive list of TV credits ranges from Charlie's Angels to Party of Five to Big Love. He worked on a number of shows from mega producer Stephen Botcho, including Hill Street Blues, LA Law, Murder One, and NYPD Blue, as well as three Star Trek series Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise. He also played Mike Hannigan's father on Friends and had recurring roles on *Covet Affairs and The Mentalist. Among his feature film credits are Lincoln, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, The Fabulous Baker Boys, and Law-Abiding Citizen. On stage, Itzin earned a Tony Award nomination in 1994 for his rob- role in Robert Shenkan's The Kentucky Cycle. He was a member of the Antaeus Theatre Company in Los Angeles, and won three LA Drama Critics Circle Awards for The Matrix Theatre Company's productions, of Harold Pinter's The Homecoming and The Birthday Party and Samuel Beckett's Waiting for Godot. Itzin suffered a heart attack on stage while playing Shakespeare's Staff in 2015, but continued working after his recovery both on stage and in front of cameras. His most recent TV role was a 2020 guest appearance on NCIS. Itzin is survived by his wife, Judy, two children and one grandchild. Gregory Itzin died due to complications during an emergency surgery on friday the 8th of july at age 74 joel i'd love to say this has been a pleasure it obviously has not because this is just a horrible horrible time for us to have been reunited and and a horrible horrible thing for us to have talked about but um it certainly has been nice to be able to talk about it and and Express a lot of our love for for gregory it's in and and the role that he played in 24 um so so thank you for for joining me for that me um hopefully the next time we uh we speak it will be under happier circumstances um but thank you to everyone for listening Um uh, please do share your thoughts with us um at the 24 podcast any thoughts you have on on Greg, memories, favorite scenes, all of that kind of stuff. Please do just just get in touch and uh, and share those. But like I say, thank you for listening, and goodbye.